Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Previews, the show that I do solo, uh, where I look ahead to what's coming out um, on certain days in theaters and also on DVD. Uh, this is the first episode of Burke Previews of 2019. I'll be looking at what's coming out on January 4th in theaters, which is today, the day this episode drops, as well as what's coming out on DVD, Blu-ray, digital. Um, well, more or less already been out on digital, but on Tuesday, January 8th. And I decided to do a special little um, things you may have missed in 2018, movies that I got to see at some film festivals that you may not have even heard of, but I think is worth your time and uh, are available to rent digitally. <coughs> this is a slow week. Uh, the first week in January, the only major release that we're getting is Escape Room. Um, Escape Room is a horror film based on the kind of uh, out-of-nowhere sensation of escape rooms. Those, you know, you pay money, uh, they lock you in a, a situation, and you have to solve your way out of it. Um, they take that idea of an escape room game and what happens if it was real? What if they, your life was truly at stake? Um, it looks it looks cheesy, to be completely honest, in my opinion. Um, it could be uh, a good B-horror film. It's in January, which is not usually a good sign for a horror movie. Um, it has a decent cast, Deborah Ann Wald, Taylor Russell, Tyler Labine, who I generally like Tyler Labine, um, Logan Miller, um, who I believe was in Love, Simon, if I'm not mistaken, earlier this year. He was. Um, so, you know, a solid cast, uh, an interesting premise, but it's going to probably have a Saw feel, but it's PG-13, so you're not going to have the gore that you would have in Saw. Um, I'm possibly going to see this today, actually, not too long from after I post this episode, but I may skip it also. I haven't decided. I kind of want to see Into the Spider-Verse a second time or The Favorite a second time. Um, also expanding this week is uh, Barry Jenkins' new film, If Beale Street Could Talk. It's not playing close enough to me that I'm going to likely be able to see it, which is really disappointing. It's one of the 2018 films that I desperately want to see. Um, but if it's, if it's playing in a theater near you, check that one out. Um, and if you've missed like The Favorite or Vice... Um, uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Those are all Oscar movies that are expanding still. If you if it happens to be in a local theater near you, um, I didn't like Mary Queen of Scots so much, but you know, check it out. Um, DVD Blu-ray releases for January eighth. We got mid nineties. The Jonah Hill uh, directorial debut, uh, starring Sonny Soljic. I got to see that at a critic screening a few months back. I really enjoyed mid nineties. Um, it doesn't rely as heavily on nostalgia as you would have expected. Um, it definitely has. It's there. But it's more about the camaraderie and uh, how friendships are formed um, and how like surrogate families exist. Uh, I found it really, really heartfelt. Um, the performances are solid. They are predominantly non-actors, so you do have that um, element, but it's worth checking out. Um, Hellfest, a horror movie about, um, well, another phenomenon are the haunted house uh, attractions like Halloween Horror Nights here in Florida, and we also have Hollow Scream at Busch Gardens. Um, it's a traveling one called Hellfest, and uh, what happens if a killer starts actually killing people in a horror setting where maybe people wouldn't know that that's a dead body for real, they would just think it's a prop. Um, it's mediocre at best, it's not very scary, it's a little bit of fun, uh, not the worst horror movie I saw this year by any means, but not great. Um, and then Ike Barinholtz, directorial debut, he also stars and wrote The Oath, uh, Tiffany Haddish is in it as well. It is super funny. It is super uh, politically charged and has a very strong opinion about the political climate right now. Um, it's a dark comedy. Uh, it's got some surprise cast members. I will leave off um, the list, but it is, it's super funny if you like dark humor. I would say if you are 
uh, leaning left in your political views, you'll probably more align with the commentary the film's making. Um, but it was super entertaining, uh, very well written, and definitely, again, uh, poignant for right now. Uh, makes you think. All right, so that's what's coming out. Um, there's a lot of stuff on digital already that I'm not going to sit and list everything because digital comes out usually two weeks earlier than Blu-ray. But what I want to get into are eight movies that I got to see this year in 2018, this past year, um, that I feel like you probably haven't even heard of. And I was fortunate enough to see them at uh, film festivals. I was very lucky in 2018, and I got to go to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, Tribeca in New York, um, and then my uh, beloved Florida Film Festival here in Orlando, um, my local festival that has been very good to me over the last couple of years. Um, and um, while all of these movies I actually saw at Tribeca or South by, there were some really great films at Florida Film Festival this year as well. Uh, including Won't You Be My Neighbor and Three Identical Strangers, but I feel like you've heard of those. So I'm, these are movies, again, that I feel like uh, people have slept on or I haven't heard many people talk about, and I want to get uh, the word out. So these are all available on like iTunes or Prime or Vudu um, for you to rent or buy. Um, I would say, uh, depending on the subject, they might be blind buy for some. Um, two of the eight I'm going to talk about are actually available to stream for free if you are a Prime subscriber. So uh, get ready, get your pens, get, you know, whatever, I'll, uh, this will also be in the show notes, so feel free to look back at this episode if you want to see these eight recommendations. Um, first on this list, and these are kind of in order of where they stand on my uh, top of the year, um, but that's not to say I don't love some, and I left some off that are a little more uh, common or a little more well-known, but the first one on my list is Sadie. Um, now, Sadie is a dark movie, it, it goes to some, some dark places, um, but it stars Melanie Linsky, John Gallagher Jr., um, and really it stars Sophia Mitri Schloss, and I apologize if I mispronounced your name. Um, it also has Danielle Brooks and Tony Hale, though, and those are definitely worthy of note. Um, it's directed by Megan Griffiths and written by her as well. I saw this at South By, and I was blown away. It is dark. It is. It goes to some very dark places, um, but it... Uh, the premise on IMDb, Sadie is the story of a girl who will stop at nothing to preserve her father's place on the home front. Um, he is a soldier deployed, and she is uh, very protective of her mother and the household uh, under the impression her father will be coming back. Um, some really interesting thoughts about you know the families of soldiers, and it is uh, super compelling, amazingly performed. It, again, I can't stress enough how dark it is, and that can definitely affect your love of the film. A friend of the podcast and BurkeReviews.com, and me in real life, um, Big Tuna, who he contributes frequently, uh, he didn't love Sadie, um, but I did, and I was very moved by the film, so um, definitely one to check out and get your own opinion on it. You can always hit me up with your thoughts if you do uh, see it. Um, another film I, I loved, and I saw at Tribeca, and editor of BurkeReviews.com, uh, David, also loved this movie. It's called Jellyfish, uh, directed by James Gardner. Um... It is spelled just like Jellyfish. Uh, it stars an up-and-coming actress, Liv Hill, who also shows up in, um, I'm going to forget the name of it, uh, The Little Stranger, which was, uh, why can't I think of director's name all of a sudden, uh, Lenny Abrahamson's movie from this year. Um, she is a terrific up-and-coming actress. I can't stress enough. Uh, her performance in Jellyfish is phenomenal. Um, very, again, another tough movie. It's a drama. Um she uh but she's going through some really troubled times at home her mom is 
sick uh, to some capacity and doesn't work. So she's a high school kid who's working and taking care of her younger siblings, um, but she's struggling with life. Um, she's barely able to keep herself uh, afloat, and she ends up finding stand-up comedy. And so as a person who um, I've always, like, attached myself to entertainment as my safe haven, I found uh, a kinship to her. Um, and I, uh, I don't know, I really enjoy a lot of this movie. Um, it, it, it has some bumps for sure, but I, I think it's excellent and would highly recommend it. Next up is a documentary I saw at uh, South by Southwest. Um, and this one you may have heard of because it did get a little bit of buzz. I think it was at Sundance as well. But I haven't heard people talking about it like Three Identical Strangers, Want to Be My Neighbor, RBG, or even Free Solo. Um, and this one is a little more tame, but it's called Science Fair. Uh, it, it, I'm a teacher, um, and so I anytime education is a focal point and the importance of it, I tend to get emotionally attached to a film or story. Um, that is no different here. Uh, it follows, I believe, six students primarily who are entering this big science fair that I didn't know existed. Uh, it's sponsored by Intel, if I remember correctly. Um, and the prizes that these kids win if they win the science fair are outstanding. And they're pretty much guaranteed acceptance to whatever school they want to go to. Um, and you see these kids like getting uber competitive and struggling. Um, it's a very, very compelling documentary. Eye-opening as a teacher um, in a lot of ways. I cried multiple times while watching it. Absolutely loved. Can't recommend enough. Science fair. Um, again, check that out. Uh, next up is a foreign film. Um, I'm going to pull up. It's called Night Eats the World uh, in America. That's what it's called. Um, I saw this one at Tribeca. Um, at It's world premiere, actually, I believe, at Tribeca. Uh, directed by Dominique Rocher. Uh, nobody big in this film, at least not in American uh, lingo, so I'm not going to bother naming all the actors, uh, but they perform exceptionally. Um, it is a zombie film, but it's one done in a different way. It's the morning after a party, a young man wakes up to find Paris invaded by zombies, um, and him himself kind of uh, trapped. Um, and it's a, it's more of a, like a story about survival and loneliness um, set in a zombie apocalypse. I really, I'm a fan of zombie uh, genre films anyways, um, but this one in particular I found super compelling. It, it is a horror film, but it's more a drama um, to me than a horror film. It's more about him uh, than the, the creatures, and uh, there's definitely horror to be had, don't get me wrong. It, it's a zombie film, so there's going to be that, but it's, I think, maybe more indie than a zombie film. It feels more about the character and less about the zombies in the end. Um, really, really liked it. And that one, you don't even have to pay for. If you're a subscriber to Amazon Prime, you can watch it right now. The Night Eats the World. Uh, I highly recommend checking that one out. Um, I know David also liked it. We saw that one together in New York. All right, next up is probably my favorite um, comedy that I saw at uh, South By, and it's Never Going Back, um, directed by Augustine Frizzell, written by her as well. Um, it stars uh, Maya Mitchell and Camilla Marone, um, neither of which are super big yet, but I think they both have a big future. They're terrific in this film. This is what I call it kind of like the female Friday. Um, you have two best friends and uh, their journey together. It's never 100% clear if they are um, in a more physical relationship or not, if they are um, a couple or if they're just best friends. Uh, they, they straddle a line there, and I think that's kind of by design. I think that's their friendship is they walk this fine line of being more than just friends, but at the same time, ultimately, it boils down to their friendship. This is not an exploitation film. Um 
I don't believe there was any nudity in the film. Um, they, the girls do dress scantily, but not in a uh, provocative or, or sexual way. And Augustine is very respectful of the two girls. Um, it, it follows their friendship and their, their mayhem. It's a comedy first and foremost. Uh, things go wrong. Things don't go quite as planned. Um, and they're just trying to uh, get by. And it's a lot of fun. And it, it reminded me of Friday in a lot of ways. It's just these, you know, it was, it's more than a day, but it's like a two or three days uh, period we spend with the girls and their their troubles um they're basically living with their one of their older brothers and his dumb choices and things go wrong and it's just one thing after another um really entertaining uh it's and it's a short watch and best of all you can watch it again on prime if you have amazon prime right now you can watch it uh for free so you don't even have to pay extra for it although i would I, i'm actually looking to add this one to my collection i really enjoyed the movie a whole lot um again it's raunchy so do know that and there's some uh, there's some pretty gross out scenes uh, later in the movie, but if you're like a fan of Friday or um, I keep using Friday, but other like kind of drug related comedies, um, maybe that use a little bit of uh, you know, sexuality and um, vulgarity and then body humor, uh, farts and poops and things like that. Uh, Kevin Smith, there's a good one. If you're a fan of Kevin Smith movies like myself, you will probably get get a kick out of Never Going Back. Um, I got a couple more. Uh, I did a weird number. I'm only going with eight. I'm not going ten. Um, but All Square. All Square uh, is now out on digital. Um, it's not included on any streaming services that I could find, but it stars Michael Kelly, who you might know if you were a fan of House of Cards. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm right with that. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was on House of Cards. Well, he's in a bunch of other stuff. He was in Dawn of the Dead, Chronicle, Everest. Um, I could have swore he was on House of Cards, but no, I guess not. Oh, well. Uh, oh, no, there he is. He's Doug Stamper on House of Cards. I don't know why that's not in his top four IMDb. It feels like that would have been a primary uh, primary one for him. Um, he's awesome in this movie. Pamela Adlon, who's had a big year. She keeps showing up and stuff. Um, she was in Bumblebee, and I just I loved her. Tom Everett Scott um, has a very funny kind of cameo role. Josh Lucas, uh, who I'm very familiar with because my wife loves Sweet Home Alabama. Um, he's kind of the antagonistic character in this movie. He's a down-on-his-luck bookie, befriends an ex-girlfriend's son, and begins taking bets on his youth league baseball games. Um, it's funny. It's uh, it's not a comedy outright. It's a drama first, but there's a lot of humor in it, um, a lot of like deadpan stuff. I, I loved it. I had a really, really good time with it. I just actually picked it up because it was on sale on Vudu for, I think, five bucks, um, so I couldn't resist. I, I snagged it while I could. Um, I saw that one at South By, I think. Pretty sure. All right. Next up... Um, I was excited to see this one was out on digital because I hadn't heard anything about it since I saw it. And I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, the new romantic, um, it is a comedy. I would say it's a rom-com, um, but it's, it's kind of picking at rom-coms, um, directed by Carly Stone and, uh, written by Kyle Mann and Carly Stone, um, stars Jesse Barden, who, if you saw, um, the end of the effing world on Netflix, she is the lead female character in that show. Um, it's Haley Law is her best friend and is so great in this movie. I thought she was fantastic. Um, I loved this film. I had a really great time watching it. Um, I am a sucker for rom-coms, so know that going in. Um, uh, the premise is frustrated with the lack of chivalrous guys her own age. A college senior gives up on dating for, uh, for love to date an older man in exchange for gifts instead. So she tries being kind of like an escort. Um, and how that affects her and the story that goes into it and kind of opens up this 
world that I didn't know existed, and it's kind of scary, but um, it's done in a uh, non-judgmental way, I would say. Um, very, very solid film. Great performances by the two girls, uh, especially. Um, and last, and one that I really want to put out there, it's another comedy, it's a drama, but it in- involves music. One of my favorite films of the year is Heart- Hearts Beat Loud. Um, again, a little higher up on the list, I feel like more people have seen that one. Again, saw that at the Florida Film Festival. Um, but this one has music in it as well, and uh, it's called Unlovable. And it's um, directed by Susie uh, ooh, Unessi, I think is how you say that. Um, co-written by Charlene de Guzman and Sarah Adina Smith. And um, Charlene um, de Guzman is the star, and it's based on her life. Um, and it deals with sex addiction. Um, a sex and love addicted woman learns what real intimacy is when she starts making music with a reclusive man. Um, it It's just an outstanding film. Um, very personal, very intimate. Um, it, it does have some tough scenes early based on the addiction, but it's not exploitative. Um, I think they do a good job of kind of letting you see how bad her addiction is without being too... Um, over sexualized and then uh the music and it's a lot of fun um the relationships that develop in the film are really natural and completely believable it also stars john hawks who is uh, the reclusive man melissa leo and I felt like there was another recognizable face when i saw it but i don't see it on the list here but i i enjoyed that movie a whole lot um it's a compelling story and it's it's one of those uh things that can be easily exploited when you deal with sex and uh, love addiction it'd be easy to just make this like a skinamax type movie um and i feel like it's handled very very well in a way to show you uh the severity of it make you take it as a real addiction and not just dismiss it and at the same time um not be you know just like oh look here's some nudity uh for the sake of nudity it's it's handled very very well um that's the eight movies that I'm recommending that if you, you probably didn't hear about that came out in 2018 uh, that you should definitely check out, especially if you're a film person. If you're listening to this podcast, um, you should give these movies a go because you might enjoy them. All right. This is a little long for Burke previews episode, but I had to I wanted to include those movies somewhere. And I know those aren't going to make it into my top five uh, movies of 2018. And I just wanted to make sure somebody heard about them. So uh, check those out. Um, keep listening to the Burke Reviews podcast. Uh, we have top five movies in Movie Club we, out every other week for top five, every week for Movie Club. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on pretty much any platform at this point. Uh, we like that you use Anchor.fm. That's our host. Uh, if you use the app to listen to us, you can call in to the podcast, leave a voicemail, and you might end up on an episode. So, if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on whatever platform you use. It helps other people find us. Uh, share the podcast wherever you can. And most importantly, follow me on social media, at Burke Reviews on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and even uh, Letterboxd if you're a user of the service to keep track of all the movies that you watch. And if you're not, why not? It's free and it's excellent. Um, until next time, folks, keep watching movies. Keep watching movies.